0: Well, that song mentions children, and we are in the midst of a series of looking at children's books and the message that they have and how that connects with the message that we find in the Bible. Now, last week, almost nobody knew the book that we talked about or the movie that I mentioned. But uh, this week, I don't think I'll uh, strike out because this week, the book is The Lorax by Dr. Seuss. How many know The Lorax? Okay. Okay. Many more hands than last week. Dr. Seuss wrote this book not long after the 1969 Cuyahoga River fire in in Cleveland. The Cuyahoga River is a river that runs through Cleveland into Lake Erie and was once so polluted with garbage and oil that it literally caught on fire. Actually, not just once. 14 times in the last century it caught on fire. But it was the 1969 fire that was a tragedy that moved America to start cleaning up our water. Now, the Lorax is not about water. It's about trees. Still, the message is clear. We need to take care of this world. The book starts with this barren, bleak landscape where the only person living there is the Wunstler, a child pays the greedy once to tell him the story of the truffula trees. The once tells how he once found a lush paradise of soft-tufted truffula trees. He cuts one down and, and he knits the silky truffula tuff into a sneed. Then out of the stump jumps the Lorax. "'Mister,' he said with a sawdusty sneeze, "'I am the Lorax. I speak for the trees. "'I speak for the trees, for the trees have no tongues. "'And I'm asking you, sir, at the top of my lungs,' he was very upset as he shouted and puffed, "'what's that thing you've made out of my truffula tuft?' "'Look, Lorax,' I said, "'there's no cause for alarm. "'I chopped just one tree. I'm doing no harm. "'I'm being quite useful.' This thing is a thneed. A thneed to find something that all people need. It's a shirt, it's a sock, it's a glove, it's a hat. But it has other uses, yes, far beyond that. You can use it for carpet, for pillows, for sheets, or curtains or covers for bicycle seats. The Lorax said, Sir, you are crazy with greed. There's no one ar- on earth who would buy that fool thneed. But the Lorax was wrong. And not only did they buy the Wunzler's need boy, that's hard to say, <laughs> but they wanted more. And the Wunzler grew richer and richer as he cut down the trees and he knit the tufts into a knead. He brought in his family to work the factory so they could turn out more. He built machines to cut the truffula trees faster and faster. It drove the animals away and the birds. It so polluted the pond, it was like the Cuyahoga River. But soon the last truffula tree is cut, the factory closes, and the Wunstler's family leaves. Finally, the Lorax is lifted away, leaving only a pile of rocks that say, Unless... The onceler finishes his story. But that was long, long ago. But each day since that day, I've sat here and worried and worried away. Through the years when my buildings have fallen apart, I've worried about it with all of my heart. But now, says the Wunzler, now that you're here, the word of the Lorax seems perfectly clear. Unless someone like you, Cares a whole awful lot. Nothing is going to get better. It's not. And the Lorax and the once-ler then drops the last truffula seed into the hand of that boy. And he tells the child to plant the seed and care for it and to restore the environment to save the Truffulis. The Lorax asks us to care for our environment. So what does the Bible have to say about caring for our world? Well, first of all, it says it's God's world. Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Deuteronomy 10, to the Lord your God belong the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth, And everything in it. This is God's world. And we people have a responsibility to tend and care for it. In fact, starting with the very first person. And in just the second chapter of the Bible in Genesis 2. It says the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden. To tend and watch over it. To tend and watch over it. To care for it. This is God's world, and we people have given a responsibility to take care of it. Not long after I first heard this book, The Lorax, I experienced my own uh, example of of what happens when the trees are all cut down. When I was a kid, I lived in Egan, but I went to school, I, I went to church in Burnsville. I also went to school in Burnsville, but. Uh, across from Buck Hill there is a Methodist church there and at one time that was about all that was there Buck Hill and the Methodist church everything else was fields and forests and farms and I used to love the drive because it would take us a a while to drive there because I would look for all the animals I would look for the deer, I would look for the raccoons I would look for uh, the birds anything That I could see. I love that. It was a great way to to go to church. But then one day, a bunch of huge bulldozers appeared and the trees began to be eliminated. They were going to uh, pave that little corner of paradise and put up a parking lot for Burnsville Center. And one day I noticed the last tree was gone and all that was left was a dead squirrel on the road that had gotten run over as it fled. It reminded me of the Wunzler's desolate home. And I find it ironic now that Burnsville Center is about as dead as that squirrel. It even made an an episode of Dead Malls they're trying to, to do something with it, but it's pretty dead. Now, at one time it had its points. My mother shopped there. Tammy worked there once. But I wonder if anybody gave any thought to what might have been lost. I know as soon as I say something like that, someone might say, well, um, that I'm anti-business. And there were several campaigns to have the Lorax banned from schools because people complained that it was against business. But you don't have to be anti-business to know that we need to take care of our world, that this is a special place and God has given us a responsibility for it. I'm always surprised that that atheists seem to care more for this world than, than Christians because we have the Bible and we know this world belongs to God. It's his creation and we were created to take care of it. How can we not care for what God cares for? As the book says, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing's going to get better. It's not. But the the Lorax book is not just a book about creation care. It also carries a pretty strong message against greed and self-centeredness. If the onceler hadn't been so self-centered and greedy, he would have listened to the Lorax, who spoke for the trees, and sustainably harvested the the trees, like our modern forest product industry does today. They sustainably harvested. In fact, they plant more trees than they harvest. He could have done that with the Truffula, but greed got in the way. Enough was not enough. He told the Lorax he really felt bad about the animals and and all, but he had to get bigger. He said, I biggered my factory, I biggered my roads, I biggered my wagons, I biggered the loads, I went right on biggering, selling more needs, and I biggered my money, which everyone needs. Jesus has a different thought on that, though. Listen to this little encounter in Luke chapter 12. Then someone called from the crowd, "'Teacher, please tell my brother "'to divide, or divide our father's estate with me.' Jesus replied, "'Friend, who made me a judge over you "'to decide such things as that?' Then he said, "'Beware, guard against every kind of greed. "'Life is not measured by how much you own.' Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops, He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have enough room for all my crops. Then he said, I know, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have enough room to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. It's not that we don't need physical things, but it's a matter of priorities. Who's number one? Is God? Is it others? Is it the world? Or is it just you? Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. If that's not enough, there's also 1 Timothy 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into a temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Do we really think, like the Wunschler, that if we just had more money, like if we just won the lottery, that all of our troubles would go away? Do we really think that if we just looked out for number one, put ourselves about others, that we'd have it made? Do we really think that if we turned every last truffle of the tree into a need, that we'd be happy? The Bible says maybe we should rethink that before it's too late. Unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing's going to get better. It's not, says the book. And that brings us to what I think is the most important message of all in the Lorax. Who do you speak for? The Lorax spoke for the Truffula trees, but who do you speak for? The Bible says in Proverbs 31.8, Speak up for those who cannot speak. Speak for the rights of all those who are defenseless. So who needs your voice? What will you stand up for? To make things better what do you care enough about to make a difference and it may be the trees maybe you join a conservation organization friends of the Boundary waters or national parks association maybe it's animals ducks unlimited pheasants forever I mean ducks they have a great call but they can't really speak for wildlife areas or wetland funding Or maybe it's the children. The most defenseless and vulnerable of all of us. Or the disabled, or immigrants, or refugees. Psalm 82 says, Defend the weak and the fatherless. Uphold the cause of the poor and oppressed. So who needs your voice? This last month, uh, a fellow named David Massimovich stopped by the church and spoke to some of us. He was biking 160 miles through Iowa and Minnesota to speak on behalf of the people suffering in the front lines in Ukraine. You know, with all the suffering in Gaza lately, Ukraine has kind of been forgotten about by the media, but this week they have experienced the most intense bombardment of the year. You might not have heard of that. David is there now teaching first aid there on the front lines, bringing medical kits and the gospel to those people who face threats. And last month, he was here speaking on their behalf, speaking up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Also last month, my longest childhood friend set another example of speaking for someone who can't speak for themselves. Or at least who is not normally listened to. Randy and I grew up four houses apart. I was the oldest in my family, but he had an older sister, Roz. And Roz has cerebral palsy. They didn't know that early on, but she had severe hearing loss. She had an unsteady gait, and she had difficulty... Speaking, because of that, she was often treated as mentally unfit, and people gave up on her education and her ability to ever do normal things. Well, some people did, because she had a few teachers and her family who refused to accept that Roz could not prosper. So they stood up for her, whether it be with bullies or with a school system that wasn't designed for her. Most of all, Roz refused to consider herself as less, and she pressed on through all the challenges. She graduated from Burnsville High School, and she got a job with Blue Blue Cross, and she worked there until her retirement. To her brother, she was an inspiration and a hero and an example of what people can do if they believe in themselves and others do too. So he nominated her last year for the Burnsville High School Hall of Fame. She was rejected because there was no category for an ordinary person who has overcome tremendous odds. Now, most of the people in the Hall of Fame are are people like you'd expect, NFL players, movie stars, entrepreneurs and authors the kind of people who have no trouble speaking for themselves the winners in life but to their credit the hall of fame committee realized that they should create a category for people like Roz, who in a different way blazed a path and set an example for others to follow they created the trailblazer award and this year Roz became the very first recipient. Now remember, I mentioned her struggles with speech. Well, imagine standing before a crowded auditorium and having to deliver an acceptance speech. It was more than she could stomach. So she wrote out what she wanted to say, and as he stood by her side, my friend Randy, Roz's brother, read her speech literally giving voice to someone the world rarely listened to. One last example. Today is International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. There are places in this world where it's illegal to speak the name of Jesus, where wearing a cross can get you jailed, and where sharing the gospel can get you murdered. The organization The Voice of the Martyrs tells the stories of these silenced Christians so you can hear their voice. So who do you speak up for? Who are your Truffula trees? The one who can't speak for themselves. The Bible tells us, speak up for those who who cannot speak. Speak for the rights of all those who are defenseless. And the Lorax says, unless... Someone like you cares a whole awful lot. Nothing's going to get better. It's not. Well, I want to end today with a little good news. After the Cuyahoga fire, after the Lorax published, was published, people did start to care. And 14 years later, two researchers from the Ohio Sea Grant Program wrote to Dr. Seuss. They wanted to share with him all of the improvements that had been made and how Lake Erie had been cleaned up. And upon hearing that, he actually removed one line from this book. The original line compared the results of the Onceler's mess to the polluted waters by Cleveland, and it said, I hear things are just as bad up in Lake Erie. But people did care. And people did speak up. And things got better. So better that Dr. Seuss removed that line from the Lorax. So who needs your voice? It may be the trees. Or the children. Or Ukrainians. Or your sister. But who needs your voice? Who needs you to care a whole awful lot? God cares. How about you? We each have a seed entrusted to us, we each have a voice. And in planting that seed, we can change the world. Let us pray. oh lord we thank you for giving us a voice the ability to speak up and speak out for those who can't speak for themselves we thank you for giving us this world this beautiful creation and allowing us the privilege of taking care of it god we thank you for the gift of books, children's books that spark our imagination, but especially your book, the Bible, that speaks to our hearts, your message to us. Help us to hear and help us to be doers of the word and not listeners only. In Jesus' name we pray. I should have stand.